What is up, everybody? Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbos. We're here. We're doing another podcast. I'm excited. You should be too, because more internet stuff. And that's where, for some reason, we get all the gold nuggets is from that damn internet. Enjoy. Let's get right into our episode. All right, let's kick it off with the stoic man. Yeah, yeah. So there's this guy. I always see him popping up on my For You page. He's all about stoicism. He's getting pretty famous, actually. He says saying yes to one thing means that we say no to many things and vice versa. So he tells a little story about him giving a talk at a conference. And by saying yes to that talk, you know, he got paid. But he also said no to family time, to exercise, to sleep, to his healthy eating habits, all of the, everything attached. He said no to because he said yes to the event. And he says we should think about what we're saying no to more often. And Vice versa, when we say no to something, we're saying yes to a lot of other things. And you have to start weighing those out, okay? And then taking your morals, principles, and values into, uh, into, uh, into perspective. I'm brain farting so hard. Yeah, into perspective, whatever. <coughs> All right, folks. By the way, I'm not chopping this one up today because my laptop is dead. So I'm just scrolling through my phone and you're getting authentic Zev. On Instagram, this was incredible. On Joe Rogan, this guy was talking about this study in Japan. Fungus that actually changed the way they built the subway system. Get this. They took a big Petri dish, put some oatmeal bits in there. and But they put the oatmeal bits where all the big suburbs and neighborhoods and parts of the city were. They put the fungus in the middle. And this fungi started branching out to you know, obviously take over these little oatmeal bits and they looked in the most efficient path the fungi took and obviously they did the test multiple times and averages out whatever after seeing the most efficient path by fungi they completely changed their subway system to make it more efficient so more people could get more places quicker and obviously people have more utility and satisfaction out of the subway system and and they called this cellular intelligence how cool is that so the question to you right should we trust species who have been here way way longer than us that's the question um i really love that it's really cool on tiktok there's this thing uh this concept i heard this from jim carrey once it was a, a quote and someone else stole it his name uh our energy is our currency. I'll say that again. Our energy is our currency. I couldn't agree more. This is completely true. When we give energy to somebody, we expect something in return. We expect a gain. If I continuously stop gaining after giving, then I will stop giving energy to whatever it is, that person, that thing. That's life. Whether you want to agree or not, that's life. Think about it. Think about who you give energy to. Think about what you give energy to. And now, think about it. Are you gaining something? Is there a gain? Even if it's just dopamine. Even you know, There's something there you're gaining from. And then think about it. What in your life were you not gaining from? So you stopped giving it energy. And that's why our energy is our currency. We're trading it with people. That's what currency is, bartering. Yeah, so let that sink in. On a side note, the guy that was talking about this, he starts the video off with, 
when you begin getting spiritually enlightened, da 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 da. And I always cringe, like when people start saying, like, when you're enlightened and then like I'm enlightened, it sounds so pretentious. Do you guys remember a couple episodes ago I broke down this concept of the enlightenment paradox? Pretty much Eckhart Tolle or Toll says when you're when you feel you're getting enlightened and you start to identify with that, you've you are unconscious now because you're you're identifying to something and you're this walking zombie with an identity that someone taught you to have. <clears throat> I know that's trippy, but that's the enlightenment paradox. So like by feeling enlightened, you're now just latching onto a new identity. You've created a new ego that's controlling you and you are no more no longer free. Food for thought, and that's why I, cringe, I, I can't not, and, and this is why it's even a paradox for me, is like, I'm not going to judge, and I'm not going to start saying that they're not enlightened, and that I am, like, not at all, because that's, I don't identify with it, I, whenever my self-talk starts doing shit like that, I observe the self-talk, I observe the programming, that was not me, that is not me. Someone taught me to think like that or something. My environment really taught me to think like that. And that's the that's the road I go so I don't start to become this unconscious zombie meat suit. You know what I mean? But yeah, anyways, uh, that's actually all I had for notes. And you're wondering, like, oh, this is literally the world's quickest podcast ever. Well, uh, I also wanted to say the reason I don't have a lot of notes and that I've actually come to the end of my notes is because... I have been learning language a lot. Uh, I'm not reading anything currently because all my my free time is spent learning Spanish and Hebrew. So I thought this episode I'd actually kind of like go into that and break down why I'm learning language and break down how I'm learning language. Because as I told you, this podcast is a way for me to kvetch. It's a way for me to input without being a nuisance or an annoyance to people. And this is going to be fun because it's completely uncut. This is like you're just, this is just me talking. It's like we're having a conversation one-sided. <laughs> Anyways, let's start and I'll wing it as I go. I play baseball with a bunch of Spanish guys. Ever since Fanshawe College, I played baseball with a couple of Cuban guys on that team. They spoke Spanish. I wish I had knew it. When I played on the majors, a handful of those guys spoke Spanish. Didn't really know it knew baseball Spanish, but I couldn't keep a conversation with them at all, like, other than gr greetings and goodbyes, um, or chirps. So, I'll tell you, literally, after that f first season of the majors, I said, you know, I'm going to get Duolingo. I hear good things. So, I started learning a little bit. Even, even at Fanshawe, I actually started learning Spanish on Duolingo, just Abyssala. And I had an account, but I would never keep up with it. So let's fast track. It's like the end of the majors baseball. It's been like two and a half, almost three years of every fall, specifically the fall, I was hitting Spanish. And I would fall off after a couple months because it was boring. I didn't enjoy it. No intrinsic value, no intrinsic motivation. So now I just give up. I literally just stopped trying. Uh, years go by. I play on that team, or sorry, one year went by, I played baseball on this senior team, and one of my Fanshawe teammates, he had actually invited me on the team, and on that team is like six local Spanish dudes, um, 
hombres de Colombia, hombres del México, hombres del Venezuela, like, and I was immediately fired up to learn Spanish again. So I try again. I fail again. This happened two summers in a row. So now we're at like the, it's, if we're doing the math, it's like four, almost five years of failing Spanish. And I got fed up because I realized like, I'm going to be playing baseball with these guys for a while. I'm also going to be traveling to Central America quite a bit because of my life goals. I got to know Spanish. And then I got fired up, but I realized like a smoker that keeps failing to quit, they have to change the game plan. Because you've heard the saying, right? Like doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different outcome is insanity. So I, I was like, I got to change this up. So I went on YouTube and I said, you know what? YouTube's got everything free. I'm going to go get a teacher on YouTube. So this teacher starts teaching me. It was great. The guy's awesome. Now, after a couple months, and I'd progressed quite a bit, I was starting to feel that plateau. And I was getting scared. I'm like, nah, not again, not again. And I thought, and I don't know what triggered this. But inside me, something said, go Google how to learn, Zeb. I know, simple, simple, simple. And it's called premature optimization, this concept. I explained this on the podcast. I'm talking like a year ago. I explained this on the podcast. Premature optimization. App companies, this happens where they create an app that's very cool looking, right? It has all the gadgets and the features. But they didn't even know what the people needed. So they optimized it prematurely. That's premature optimization. Or like a donut shop. Imagine they make the everything marshmallow, s'more, caramel donut. But they don't even know if people want chocolate or vanilla donuts so they don't even know what people want before you know i i was jumping into grammar uh before i was jumping into acquisition and so i'll explain that because you're like what the that was fucking random this i looked up this video on how to learn and it absolutely shifted my paradigm with language learning and it made me realize that i could learn language and that realization was so inspirational, motivating, because now I wasn't running in the fog. After I learned how to learn, and that's the premature optimization aspect, if you're confused, is I was just going to the gym metaphorically. I didn't know how to work out. I was just showing up, which is a great start, but you're spinning your wheels. I was spinning my wheels metaphorically in regards to uh, language. I was showing up to study. I didn't know how to study. I didn't know how to learn. And so once I learned how to learn... <laughs> That's a tongue twister. I was running in the clear. No fog. I could see the finish line. And when you can see the finish line, it is so motivating. And let that be a little motivator for you. Look at that my language learning process as something metaphorically that drives you. What in your life has you in the fog right now? What are you in the fog? You don't necessarily see the finish line. You're showing up because you, you know what you want. You just don't know how to get what you want. You know what you want. Well, go find out how to get what you want. It's that simple. And then you're running in the clear. You can see that finish line. You're not, you're not getting lost. You're not derailing. You're getting there. You, you Beelining, as they say, right? You see the finish line. Anyways, so when I was learning, when I watched this video to learn how to learn, it was incredible. You have to acquire. You do not learn language. Just like babies don't learn grammar. You, babies acquire language. Does that make sense to you? Acquisition. It, 
they synchronize patterns. The baby doesn't go, okay, uh, so this is an adjective that goes here, and, and actually only when you use this word, then the adjective change, and oh, you conjugate. They don't think about that. They just sync up patterns. So it sounds backwards, but the school systems have failed us completely with how to learn French in Canada. Like, I didn't retain shit. Whereas the way they... You learn languages, you, you get someone on an app, they're called HelloTalk, Tandem. These are apps where someone wants to learn English and you want to learn their language. So for 30 minutes, you just schmooze in their language. For 30 minutes, you schmooze in English. Simple. And you'd be surprised. Once you memorize the, the top 100 to 400 words, depending on the language, you can schmooze a decent amount. And you start, so there is some memorization. I'm not going to avoid that. I'm just saying the whole thing, the whole language learning process is not memorization. So once you've memorized those fundamental words, and actually there's a term for this, it's called like the solar system method, go Google it. You, you, uh, oh, one sec, people, I gotta go, I'll be back, I'm gonna pause this podcast. I'm very fired up about this, though, I'll finish the, the thought in a second. Um, here, I'll finish this thought real quick, I gotta go. So, so, once you learn those top words, you can talk, and you'd be surprised how fast you pick up the language when you know keywords and you know, as long as you know how to say, how do I say, and what is that, you'd be surprised, like, they'll teach you so much, and you just start talking, and just, as long as you're talking two to three times a week, I start out once a week, but I really wish I did more, because now I'm doing more, not only do you make a friend, but I'm telling you, you learn the language so quickly, my Spanish has increased rapidly, rapidly, it's insane, like, in, in, Seven months I've learned more than in eight years of French. It's just uh, to the point where I honestly feel comfortable going to a Spanish-speaking country now. Just incredible. Uh, So if you are a Spanish speaker and you want to schmooze, message me. Please. I'm more than happy. I love, love, love speaking another language. And with Hebrew, so by the way, and I'll get to Hebrew actually after uh, this little phone call I have to take. Thanks. uh, I'll be back. I'll literally cut this and I'll be back in a second. Okay, I am back, and uh, I guess I'm going to have to just jump right back in because I kind of forget where we're at, but I had finished talking about Spanish and how uh, I acquired the language with that partner, and she's awesome. We're already friends. I got a Colombian guy, too, that helps me out, and then I get to practice what I learn at my baseball. Uh, okay, so if I remember more about... Oh, okay, actually, let's talk about the methods in which I learned. So the solar system method... The gold list method, which is when you have a notebook, pages are divided, picture that. You then draw a line laterally across the page. So it makes four quadrants. You write down 10 to 20 words or phrases you want to learn. You write them in English, then translate, and you read out the translation. You have fun with it. That's the point. You're supposed to just say it like you're local. And that's it. You don't try to memorize it. You just say it one time, boom, and you just go on with your day. You do this for 15 days. So on the 15th day, you go back to that first page, the first 10 to 20. In quadrant two, you write down what you remembered. Sorry, cap. You write down what you didn't remember. And what you did remember, you create new phrases, new words you want to learn. Simple as that. You do this for another 15 days. Then you go back, quadrant three, you do that for 15 days. Quadrant four, you literally, and you're supposed to apparently retain roughly one to three new phrases or words every every time. And it's long-term learning. So after the course of, you know, five, six months, you end up learning dozens of new phrases and words, but not in the short term, long-term. And that's long-term learning. That helps. 
for a little bit. I, at first, I got carried away with two long phrases, blah, blah, blah. This is boring. I'll get on to more interesting things. So outer, outer space method, solar system method, goldless method, have a language parent is what this video talked about. And then lastly, you need to immerse. So like at some point, you have to travel the country. At some point. I got to go to Israel, Baruch Hashem, so, and I'll get to my Hebrew learning. So I got to immerse in Hebrew a little bit. And it did, in just 12 days, did help my Hebrew. I learned a few more words and just slang and how to actually say things. And my the pronunciation of things got better. I do plan on going to South America. So anyways, let's go to Hebrew. Now that you guys know all the ways to learn there. Oh, and by the way, the, the fella says... Once you've acquired language, then you can learn it. Then you can study the grammar. Now, every truth is a half truth. Like I've heard people, <coughs> I've heard people that find learning grammar helps them at the beginning. And you know, so teach their own. Didn't help me. I'll tell you that much. And that's Duolingo does a lot of that. Is just like memorize these words, memorize some grammar. Hebrew. I was learning Spanish for a long time. I only recently decided to learn Hebrew because I knew I was going to go on birthright. It's that trip to Israel. They provide Jews. I thought I was going to go on birthright in five years from now, maybe even seven years. I thought it'd be a long time. They dropped the birthright age. So I had to go now or I'd miss the trip. So then, and I had conveniently started learning Hebrew like three, four months before I went on the trip. Um, I, the learning curve was way slower than Spanish for Hebrew. Way harder. Way, way harder. Because Spanish is a Latin language. Sounds a lot like English. Whereas Hebrew sounds nothing like it. And you can't pair words up. Like Spanish, it's really interesting. All the words, they, they sound like English words. For example, if I want to tell someone, no worries, it's okay, all good. You say, tranquilo. U tranquila. What does tranquilo sound like? Sounds like tranquilizer or the word tranquil, which is a poetic word to be calm or at peace or at ease. And the list goes on. I could go on and on forever. Um, intentar is to try. Intention. Intentar. Encontrar is against. In, so contrary. Encontrar. Against. It, it, it makes sense, right? Dora. Duro, that's rough or hard. Uh, or sorry, tough or hard. So like durable. Literally, I could go on and on. And, like it never stopped. Cerebro, that's the brain. <clears throat> Cerebral, right? It, anyways, <clears throat> that's why Spanish was easy for me. Very similar, same alphabet. I already knew how to read Hebrew, by the way. So let's flip back to Hebrew again. I already knew how to read Hebrew. But I didn't know what I was saying. I know that sounds trippy. Now, with Hebrew, this is very unique to the language. You learn with vowels, and then when you become a child, they take vowels away. Now, because it's North America, they never take vowels away because no one knows how to read Hebrew. So my whole life, I've been relying on vowels. So like, imagine if English, they taught us with vowels, and then by grade two or three, they just took the vowels out of the words and replaced them with other random words. That's Hebrew. And you're wondering, I can't read English without vowels. Yes, you can. Go Google it. My brother and I have done it. It's incredible how our brain works. And after you memorize enough words in English just from growing up, you 100% can read perfectly fine without vowels. It's incredible. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, <clears throat> I, I, did, I have finally gotten past my learning curve in Hebrew. 
took a long time and it's so addicting like once you get past the learning curve once you start learning more it's so addicting <clears throat> i think i got rid of it and folks i guess that sums it up like that's i've been super passionate about learning languages and as you can tell i literally talked for almost 15 minutes about it or like 10 minutes i love love learning about language if you're wondering that phone call i took every friday i learn kabbalah kabbalah is like a mystic study of Torah, um, like the Jewish Bible. Very fascinating, very philosophical. Ties everything into how life operates. Uh, it's really just like a discussion of how life operates. And maybe, you know what, maybe I'll talk about Kabbalah on another episode because I've learned a lot now and uh, it's very philosophical and I love it. Absolutely love it. But with that, I'm going to get out of here. Thanks so much for listening. And yeah, oh, I I didn't think I'd get so passionate about learning language, but it's so cool. Like when you speak to someone in their language, you're speaking to their heart. That's a fact. Anyways, and and now now I've started this journey. I ain't going back. My goal, if you made it this far, you get to hear my goals. It's to be fluent in both Spanish and Hebrew in four years, and then by five years, to know a bunch of slang, really get the accent down. And just, yeah, kind of just like the little nuances, little tiny nuances. I think I could spend a whole year learning just nuances once I'm perfectly fluent. Folks, take care. Shabbat shalom. Good Shabbos for my goyim. Enjoy your Friday. My chavrim. Mishpacha. Take care. Te'ene. Shalom. Shelo Shabbat. <laughs> Anyways, bye. Oh, I love doing this.